Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. And it's time for the last show of the year. Let's get started, shall we? Happy holidays, Leia, and a happy new year. How are you? Uh, I'm getting over a post-Christmas party cold. How many people listening to this show got sick when they met up with family this year? Oh my gosh, it has to be. In our family, we had like 36 people at our house. I just tell people 40. Okay. It definitely felt like 40. It didn't feel crowded though. No, it was great. It was just yeah. like a lot of people. Oh, there's a ton of people. We don't have a big house. So yeah. it's a lot of people. And at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, mm. ten people got sick that i mean that we know about right it's not yeah. like there could be more but and that's including you and edison yes wow and it's hard to pinpoint who it came from we think we know who patient zero was because we had family that flew in from like singapore new york seattle san francisco like this was a lot of people on planes Right, and and also people that have been living in an area with just different viruses. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right, that they're just you know willing to share. Right, and then we're also not like going to a ton of parties or anything. You know, that's true. I mean, the kids obviously at school do their fair share of sharing the germs, but no, it was uh, you were pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, and Edison basically went from having norovirus. Oh, to yeah. recovering from that and then catching this cold. Yeah, he he was last year it was Ben. This year it was it was Edison. Yeah. Edison so I I hope sick. everybody is well. Yeah, seriously. And uh that everybody had a great holiday season mm -hmm. with their families. Uh I'm also willing to hear outrageous family drama if you have it. That is something I really enjoy in the uh in the post holiday zeitgeist of uh mm -hmm. of content so. yeah indeed well thanks everybody for clicking on the show again we appreciate that last show of the year i don't know how many years we've been doing this now i have no idea but i'm sure nathan can tell us i'm sure someone will tell <laughs> us. but we like to kick the show off with the ham radio minute still never a minute and this year it's the time the end of the year i generally talk more about kind of being a little bit more prepared with your radios and that's not necessarily prepper stuff that's like just literally checking all your batteries. Go check all your batteries, particularly your LifePo batteries. Make sure they're topped off. If you have a like a emergency battery that you carry in your car or a radio, go check it. Check, make sure it's topped off. So you, when the year ends, you start thinking about preparing in terms of like preps. I mean, or... I think I do a, a pretty okay job of staying up on it throughout the year. Yeah. But obviously... We go to places that are colder just because it's the right time, like my dad's house. And I definitely make sure that everything's topped up. Oh, my charged. gosh. Yes. Preparing for the cold is bonkers. <laughs> okay. I just. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then also, the same goes while you're checking your HTs. You might want to make sure that the programming is still good. There's some repeaters that you just don't use anymore or you've realized that are defunct if you do like I've recommended and you keep a list somewhere, I kind of just like a printed piece of paper. And if you've got 100 channels, like I can easily do just within a 50-mile radius of me, 
you should probably just start deleting those, culling those repeaters out that you've never heard anybody on. You scan all the time, right? Uh, and you never hear anybody. So just start culling them, get rid of them. And, Kanmari and your channels. Kanmari your your your. If it does repeaters. not That's bring right. you joy. That's right. Boot it. Boot it. Boot yeah. It. There you go. Well, there you go. That's that's kicking off the show. All right. A couple of announcements. The first one, just want to get this out of the way. Reminder, you know, since we're going to the end of the year, you're going to have a little bit of more time in front of the radio because it's probably too cold to do much else, particularly in the evenings. Make sure you check out the HRCC nets. You can check out hrcc.link, which gives you information about our digital net, and that includes all the major digital modes. Those are on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. PST. And we also have a Friday HF net that's coordinated on the hashtag HF-net chat room that is on Discord. So make sure you go check that out. Okay? Okay. Last test of the year. So when I wrap up the end of the year, there's like mm. a handful of things that I like to do. Okay. And it set the budget for the following year, mm. right? So that's super fun. Uh, but it's also goal setting. Oh. Right? And Wow, okay. No, yeah, sure. Everybody does like resolutions. Resolutions is just like No, a it's big goal, goal setting like per – and really you should think about it by fiscal quarter, like 12-week increments, mm -hmm. right? And what you want to accomplish in each quarter sure. of the year. Yeah. Because And then you kind of break that down for you to achieve that in each quarter. What do you need to do in each month in order to achieve those in each month? How do you fit that into each week, right? Yeah. And the easiest way to do that is obviously do a little bit every day, right? Yeah, okay. But that's not always possible. So your next option is schedule once a week where it's something that you're going to work on. Okay. Right. So that you can kind of achieve this goal. Is this a an actionable plan? Is this something that you like actually put into a schedule? Yeah. Like a Google schedule? Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Like I I mean, have, I know our events go in there, but I have planned out where we are going to travel mm. uh based on what grades the kids are in. Oh sure. Okay. Um through I think high school. Already you've planned? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So like when I go to sleep and I always joke that I like worry about the worst possible scenarios happening in my head and how we're going to deal with it. You're like, and when Ben is in seventh grade, we're going to go to the Monterey Bay Aquarium. No, that's already done. That's this year. That's like California stuff is this year because he's in fourth grade. State. No, the Monterey Bay Aquarium is going to be like life aquatic biology stuff or something. I don't know. No, more like uh, fifth grade is like U.S. history. So we're probably going to go to D.C., mm -hmm. East Coast. Uh, sixth grade, we're probably going to go out of the country. Whoa. Uh, Mexico, right? Possibly. Maybe just the cruise. I mean, like, check this out. The world. <laughs> like... We're going to go to Canada. <laughs> uh, then, um, And then it'll be kind of based on... Uh, well, seventh grade is like you learn geography. Mm -hmm. Seventh and eighth, I guess, is geography. So there's mm. a little bit more extensive travel there. I bring this up because it is, in fact, extremely difficult mm -hmm. to make a habit of studying something every day. Yeah. Right? I knew you were getting somewhere with this. Okay. I'm like, this is the longest you've <laughs> got Delayed. out of 
taking practice tests or okay. studying. So I am getting my general in 2024. Oh, you're just saying it. It's yeah. happening. That's done. I haven't decided what quarter I'm getting it. Sure, done. sure. Right. But you've you've picked the year. But I have some notes for uh, the wonderful creators over at Ham Study mm. and Signal Stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need to Duolingo fi the platform. <laughs> All right. And they need to come up with a mascot. Like an owl. So I do use Duolingo. Right. And I'm almost like on a 30-day streak now, which is actually pretty good because I I don't normally stick to doing the same. It it feels monotonous to me to do it. Sure. But Duolingo does something really amazing, aside from having a widget on your phone that gets increasingly more angry throughout the day as you don't do your practice. This is the owl, right? Yeah. The The owl by the end of the day is like... Like the widget is full red. He looks demonic in anger. Okay. That's a good way to get you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that's not just it. One of the things that is really motivating Mm -hmm. is that you can add your friends so that they can see your progress. So if you've hit a milestone, your friends can celebrate it. Okay. Right. And uh, it'll tell you if you've done a perfect lesson and it breaks it down into these like um, like five minute lessons. But you can do, you know, as many five minute lessons as you have lives. Mm-hmm. Right. Every time you make a mistake, you lose a life. So Jeez. <laughs> you have five a day. Oh, my gosh. And they refill like yeah. throughout the day. Sure. Right. But the other thing you can do is you can quest with your friends. OK. So it will if like somebody's lagging mm-hmm. it will pair you up for a quest okay and then you have to hit a minimum number of lessons together okay right so one person can carry the whole thing sure and everybody gets the reward in the end right but because of the way like friendships work you don't want to leave your friend hanging it's and like being the the part of the group uh college class that right 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 you don't want to you don't want to be that friend the the friend that everybody wants is the pallbearer so you can let them down one last time (laughs) that's right (laughs) so i mean something like that for like ham studying would be great and you could parlay that into like cw I, i think cw would be like the real killer that would be a really good app yeah and then Think of everybody would pay for that. You wow. know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Oh, fantastic idea, Leah. Well, so, okay. hey, yeah. hey, ham study friends. There you go. Help me achieve my 2024 goals by completely revamping your platform. Right. <laughs> well, they don't have to necessarily revamp it. They just have to add. An I app. mean, the bones are add here. to the app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just, I hear you. And they just need a mascot. That's right. Have you ever thought of an axolotl? I don't know how to tie friendly? that into ham radio. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be a pig. Is what you're like saying. A ham, yeah, it's got to be like a pig or a baofeng. Oh, it has to be a radio? It doesn't have to be, but like, you know, those I mean, are my thoughts. I mean, I guess your widget could be like an HT for the tech, and then you move up to like HF, right, right, an right. HF yeah, radio yeah. for yeah. general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Just, just a thought. Just and then putting it out an there. extra is just a, a an old white guy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, or you could have Nathan call you and remind you every day. That's <laughs> start getting Discord reminders. Just with an ever I feel so red, bad with a with a just increasingly red in the face Nathan. As... <laughs> I, I do feel bad because Nathan really pushed me hard and I didn't do it. No, you did year. not. No. But I'll do it this year. I promise. There it is. She's locking it in. Everywhere. Even even John Amadeo sent me a study guide. I know you've got all the. I've Everyone's got all the tool. You. I've got all the tools to succeed. You do. <laughs> all right. Well, I am still on Element G two. Still the... in front of it. It's yeah. not, not helping. <laughs> of the general exam test prep. The first question reads: What is the most common frequency shift for RIDI emissions in the amateur HF bands? A eight fifty hertz. B two. Oh, sorry, four twenty five hertz. C, 85 hertz, or D, 170 hertz? Mm -hmm. I got this one wrong. It's, uh, the answer is D, 170 hertz. There you go. And, uh... <laughs> There's a helpful hint the, here. The, the, the silly hint is the letter R in Riddy is the 18th letter of the alphabet. The first two digits of the correct answer is 17, the closest number to 18. What? <laughs> They're not wrong. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse Leia's coughing. Sorry about that. Yeah. Still not feeling the best. All right. So that was really helpful. Thank you. Which of the following is required when using FT8? A, a special hardware modem. Mm -hmm. B, computer time accurate to within approximately one second. C, receiver attenuator set to negative 12 dB. Or D, a vertically polarized antenna. And the answer is B, computer time accurate within approximately one second you got it yep good for you computer time very important that's yep. what i know this is, i've heard you say so this is why computer time is so important yes yeah i've said that yes you think i don't listen to you i appreciate it you do <laughs> in what segment of the 20 meter band are most digital mode operations commonly found a, in the middle of the CW segment near 14.100 megahertz. B, at the top of the SSB phone segment near the 14.325 megahertz. C, at the bottom of the slow scan TV segment near 14.230 megahertz. Or D, between 14.070 megahertz and 14. Point one hundred megahertz. Mm. Well, Trixie, it's it's a very Trixie. These are these are like slivers of bands. That, like it's slivers. actually a decent amount. Not by number, it's not. <laughs> okay, I got it right. Between fourteen point zero seven zero seven zero megahertz and fourteen point one hundred megahertz. You got it. And that was a straight guess. Okay. Um, but I guess the thing to remember is it CW, SSB, and slow scan TV are irrelevant in this question. Um, it, it it's in the uh, CW portion. You you're not going to. I know, but in terms of the question, in terms of test oh, 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 hacking, I see. I see. Yeah. Your 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 pro tip. Yes. All right, what does the Q signal QSL mean? A, we have worked before. B, I have received and understood. C, 
We have already confirmed the contact or D sends slower. It is B. I have received and understood. It is. I.e. QSL cards. Mm-hmm. Which of the following is good practice when choosing a transmitting frequency to answer a station calling CQ using FT8? A, call on any frequency in the waterfall except the station's frequency. B, always call on the station's frequency. C, find a clear frequency during the alternate time slot to the calling station. Or D, find a clear frequency during the same time slot as the calling station. find a clear frequency during the alternate time slot to the calling station correct we talked about this yes this one was when you've heard it has to be on the <coughs> other side of the 15 second time all right what is the standard sideband for jt65 jt9 ft4 or ft8 digital signal when using afsk a, lower sideband, B, single sideband, C, DSB, I don't know what that is. Double sideband. Okay, or D, upper sideband. The answer is D, upper sideband. I don't remember which question it was, but one of the options was vestigial sideband. <laughs> and I was like, that's an amazing answer. I love it. It's wrong, but I love it. <laughs> How do you join a contact between two stations using the Pactor protocol? A, transmit a steady carrier until the Pactor protocol times out and disconnects. B, broad, send broadcast packets containing your call sign while in monitor mode. C, send a NAC code. Or D, joining an existing contact is not possible. Pactor connections are limited between two stations. Mm. The answer is D. It is. Joining an existing contact is not possible. Pactor connections are limited to two stations. They're locked right. in once they do that because it's kind of like a call and response kind of thing. Yes. Remember, Pactor is like making a pact with another station. Are you just coming up with the loyalty? Pro- uh, until, the, until, the, until, the, until the contact is over. Yes. You're just making the, yes. the helpful tips now. Yeah. I see. Very good. Very good. Very good. I think that's five. It is five. Yeah. yeah. Well, good job, Leah. She is using hamstudy.org. You can use it too. It's a free website. You can go to make an account there, take your practice test, and it'll tell you what you're not doing so great at. They also have an app for Android and iOS devices. We also highly recommend the Gordon West test prep books. Those are available on Amazon. There will be a link in the show notes for those. And if you are more of an audio type person, there is the Audible series, the fast track to your ham radio license books, again, on Audible. I use that for my extra, and it worked really, really well. And for you technicians that are still on the fence if you want to partake in all of this or not, I have a series of videos that walk you through taking not just understanding what the content is for the test, but actually walking through a bit of the how-to to actually take the test, what you're supposed to do and whatnot to make that all happen. And don't forget, join the conversation of this podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast and or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. If you think about podcasting, it's a bit of the Wild West. We don't really know how engaged everyone is, 
But your reviews, particularly on Apple Podcast, is kind of like the YouTube version of leaving a thumbs up and, and commenting. So we appreciate that if you have not done so. And thanks to all of you who have done that in the past. Thank you. Your reviews this year made yeah. the podcast so much more enjoyable. Yeah, indeed. To... Leia, you're you're uh, you've always said that's the best way you know if you're doing a good job. That's right? true. <laughs> so with that said, no new reviews, so we can just skip that uh, right on and get on to the next thing. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into the unknown I will go, for I shall fear no man of peace, one foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Indeed. So, Leia, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, I wanted to talk about, once again, goals. On oh, my okay. mind, right? Yeah. As we look towards 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't know if everybody knows this, but Southern California has had a series of earthquakes uh, mm-hmm. over the past couple of months. They're, yeah. they're smaller scale, but mm-hmm. they're kind of activating in these fault lines that really hadn't been activated for a long time. Okay, I guess that's like because you're Fullerton talking about a Fullerton, Huntington Beach, like mm-hmm. all of all of those areas. Actually, I don't remember the last time that there were earthquakes where the epicenters were in Orange County. I don't either, but I always just assume that those are featherlings off of San Andreas. That's always what I end up hearing. But that's fair. Yeah. So. There's a lot of chatter like throughout all of the counties down here mm-hmm. about kind of reinforcing the preparedness infrastructure. Okay. Right? Uh, San Bernardino just released a brand new preparedness website that consolidates all of the disaster um, information from different agencies onto one website. Oh, okay, cool. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think we see this really with a lot of a lot of cities uh, and states heading into this. For instance, in Virginia and Prince William, Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, they're telling people to resolve to be ready in 2024. Build an emergency kit. Make a, a family emergency plan. Uh, stay informed to figure out your communications plan. How are you going to get news, right? Okay. Uh knowing the threats and hazards for your local area, right? Um, And learning a new life-saving skill. So if you don't know CPR, go out and learn CPR, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Uh, But a big one is getting involved. So I really encourage everyone, when you are looking at emergency preparedness, you can look at it through all of the things that you're going to stockpile, all of the equipment that you're going to have. Right. But I think most of us are pretty well squared away in in those areas. Okay. Where the majority of people are weak in mm-hmm. is their local networks. Oh, sure. Okay. So I encourage everybody that to focus on preparedness this year in terms of getting involved. 
mm-hmm. in any number of things okay. that would connect you to other people who are also thinking about preparedness. So okay. if there's a cert class in your community, resolve to at some point in the year, choose your quarter and <laughs> yes. yeah, 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 yeah. take that cert class, mm-hmm. take take that um, CPR class or first aid class or Red Cross course or whatever. Right. Uh, go, uh, if you happen to be so lucky to be retired, maybe you join uh, volunteers on patrol in your community where you're like a, a volunteer with the local uh, police or sheriff's department, sure. right? Yeah. Um, volunteer firefighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Josh is probably going to disagree with me on this, but if you have kids, mm-hmm. really think about getting them into scouts because I don't disagree. The, the the self-sufficiency lessons are one thing. And again, a lot of this is going to be more heavily pointed at Boy Scouts, I feel. I think the Scouts. Cub Scouts, but I mean that level, the scouting level, not the Cub level. That's, That's not what, what I'm talking about. You think the Cub um, level has a lot of value too? It has value because mm-hmm. this is how you will connect with other parents. Oh, oh, I see. Under the guise of connection. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Who, who also have families. Right. Right that are self-reliance minded too. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, uh, there there are such great families that I know through scouts mm-hmm. who have similar values, like from all different um, cultures, religions and everything, but all come to scouts because they have the mentality of self-reliance and making sure their kids learn these skills right yeah from that standpoint absolutely i mean obviously i'm going to say if you got a ham club you know you might as well check those out too if they're no, absolutely good, go to a ham go club. to some ham clubs yeah you should do that in the beginning of the year go shop around for some ham clubs and, and i do mean i've said this multiple times as well shop around to all the ham clubs you can go to that are feasible right something you'd actually attend yeah you don't have to decide on the first one and if there's some people that you know are not the nicest to you? Well, okay, you don't have to join them. No big deal. Um, just go on to the next one. Yeah. Uh, join your local neighborhood watch group. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Just get involved in person. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really easy as hams, right, to just go to the ham shack and start playing around and. You know, we make good connections with people on the radio, and some of those are local people that will be a part of our network. But yeah, I mean, organize those those Poda or Soda mm-hmm. meetups. Yeah, so that you you're getting together with other hams or potential hams. Yeah, because we all know hams are among the most capable and intelligent and prepared people in any community. I agree. Right? Yeah. So that's my preparedness corner. I like it. I do have one m- announcement, and it's on the heels of the Preparedness Corner. I will be in Provo, Utah, January 20th for the Preparedness Communications Conference. This is being hosted by Fieldcraft Survival, so it will include Mike Glover, Tom Rigsby, who's the leader of crisis management for American Contingency, and I will be the ham radio guy. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about basically preparing for for emergency type communications what anybody would want to know and it doesn't only include ham radio it's going to be many forms of communication it's going to be a multi-tiered plan uh, you can check out the homing pigeons 
and uh, uh, smoke signals. Yeah. Um, cans with string. Oddly, uh, paper airplanes. <laughs> there you go. It, it is a two-day event. The first is kind of like a half day. It's a, an afternoon club meeting with Mike. Um, I will be there as well. And then Saturday is going to go from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it will be an introduction. And we'll follow breakout seminars for deep diving into different details. If you're beginner, intermediate, or an advanced radio operator, there should be something a little bit there for everybody. It's a multi-pronged approach here. I can't talk for – well, I will be talking all day. But I can't talk to every skill set in one setting. So we're going to be – moving around a bit and working with different groups. It should be a lot of fun if you are so inclined uh, to come on out. Again, it is in person, again, building that network. So if you're around the Provo area, I'll be there on the 20th. So there you go. What's that noise? Believe it is a primitive form of communication known as Morse code. You're right. I'm in a lot of practice. Stop it. Stop what? You're talking about me and Morse code. What the hell is he saying? It seems they're getting a signal. Old Morse code. Boop. All right. Well, Leia, thanks again for being such a good sport. We are here. We are here. In the CW Lounge. Leia, last week you have continued to work with the letter A among the other characters you already covered, which I believe uh, is uh, uh. K, M, R, U, and do you have S? Yes. Yes for S. And then you've added A. So your key is live. Do you want to try and doingy doingy smacky smacky? Okay. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Not what you think it is? That's a D. K? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> da dit dit is a D. I, again, that's a D. Dot, okay. dit, dit. Are you trying to remember you? No. Okay. Wait. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Dot, dit, dit. You're real good at that. Okay. Are you? It's stuck. That's why. Toast? <laughs> okay, you key them out. What, what are we? What are we trying to? You want to? Okay. Okay. Do K. M. R. S. U. A. All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. Twenty words per minute. It is. Okay. Here you go. Three, two, one. Okay. U. R. Oh. S. S. A. A. U. 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 R. R. S. U. Then S. A. 
Then S. Then U. Uh, then S. Then an A. It ends with A. It ends with A. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, all right, let's try it again. Okay, ready? No. Three. Uh, yeah. Two. One. up the m in the beginning or the mu you got the u right or you sorry you got the m you didn't get the u i swapped the u for an s yes yeah which you did on the last one so, so. that's i was only off by one letter it's pretty good let's do it again 20 words yep okay here we go mm -hmm. three two one R R S U A A R R A A A A S S A A R R U U You got it. So you had a little bit of you got a little transposing thing going on with the S's and the U's. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. At twenty words, we didn't even go down. You don't. You're good. I mean that that's pretty good. So okay, we'll we'll take it. We'll take it, guys. All right, let's don't let's don't push our luck here. Okay. Yeah. Don't push it. Don't push it. Again, we're using the Spark Gaps Labs MCT73 training device that you're hearing. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate the support. So the show topic. All right. Today so today's is discussion for today is. Go on to the show. Sorry, the, show topic today is. The, the topic of today's show is. Gentlemen, let's get down to business. So I think of him as a good friend, this individual we're going to talk about. And he dropped a video couple of days ago that I watched. I was able to watch it today. KM4ACK. His name's Jason. Jason. Great guy. Great, great guy. One of the many Jasons in the amateur radio community that I know. Uh, K-Mac. K-Mac. That's right. He made a video that I thought was pretty interesting. And I, I was going to talk about, like, what do you do when you're sick with ham radio, which I'm, I'll, I'll maybe splice in a couple of uh, ideas there. Um, but at the end, he dropped... A video titled his top five biggest regrets like with what he purchased oh like i thought in, in life <laughs> no no uh like purchases that he made okay and uh i all of his ones are spot on i really like what he said and i'm gonna echo one of them um but i have five of my own okay here we go so my first one is buying all those kind of off-numbered Baofangs. Because they're all the same? Because they're almost all the same. Yeah. There, there's a stand. There's a couple of standouts, so everybody listening. There is a tri-band Baofang, which is pretty cool. There are There's a new Baofang with a bigger screen, so that's got to be great, too. Uh, but when you get right down to it, the UV5R, you can get them on Amazon. 
They're 18 bucks, and, and by the way, that's the only way I recommend you buy a Baofeng. The $18... Do you remember when the Baofengs were like 35 bucks? I remember when they were... Like $32 is what I remember for the high side of the Baofeng UV5R. So they must have just produced a ton of them, multiple tons of them. And now they're at their point where there are lots of competition. But I have found... Now I can't, I can't say this for all of them because obviously I am not defending China quality, um, their QA team, nothing like that. But if you have to buy a Baofeng, I've noticed the trend I've seen is that when you buy them off of Amazon and you buy just the $18, it's just one specific one. It's, it's not all again, it's not all the flavors, the 31 flavors of Baofengs. It's just the UV5. What is the difference between the models? So what they'll do is it'll look the same pretty much, but they'll add like a, it'll be the UV90 uh, or the 9R, and it'll have 9 watts of output instead of 4 or 5 watts of output. Now, the thing to remember is that if you care about things like spurious emissions, particularly on the harmonics and all that stuff, then when you start getting into all these different, again, 31 flavors of Baofengs, you start running into radios that that exhibit those poor suppressions of harmonics. Mm. And if they're charging you $20 up to $40 more, then um, it, it's not necessarily a good, it's not really a good deal, right? Considering what you can get. And between four and nine watts, which by the way, they never really stay at nine watts. Once you start using it, the power goes down, you know. Really? Um, yeah, because as you deplete the battery, oh, they just start to slow down a little bit. They can't they can't push out as much power. You're you're generally going to just be better off in most cases. Just UV five R, keep it simple. Um, you're generally going to get the 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 better quality, as good a quality as you. Can. Uh, wrong wrong term. Consistency, the best consistency. Okay. Now, once upon a time, it was the UV eight. D or something like that. I can't remember the, uh, the 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 flavor of Baofeng that I generally recommended because that was it was more expensive. They advertised eight watts, but it was very consistent. It was of consistent quality. I had heard very little complaints from people that went and bought that one. Things have changed. The I think the general quality on a lot of the cheap radios has gone up, but. But, but the Baofengs have gone down? No, no, no. Oh. But there are so many variations of the same thing that you can't really trust all of the variations without testing them. Okay. Right? So that's that's been my, again, my experience. So that would be my one thing is, like, if you really want a Baofeng and you want to give somebody a Baofeng, just give them a U, the $18 UV5R and move on with it. Uh, the other regret I had was not buying a, an antenna analyzer sooner. Okay. So my first foray, and you can go listen to KM4ACK's. His story is actually kind of interesting. His his story is a little bit different than mine on antenna building. But when I first got into HF, I was like, I'm going to build a dipole. I'm going to take all those recommendations and all those books, and I'm going to go build myself a wire dipole. Giddy up. <laughs> so I did. But I was dreading uh, going and buying, at the time, Four hundred, five hundred dollar plus antenna analyzers. Mm, were you dreading how upset your wife would be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was, <laughs> you know, th we're talking 
we're talking over a decade ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Right? Easily. Probably even more than that. Like when I was getting into HF. And I just wasn't at the place where I'm like, I don't really have the pocket money to go make this happen. But what's changed is that we've got a lot of really inexpensive options that do a fine job, particularly in doing things like building a dipole, building an NFED half wave. You obviously have the Nano VNA, which, again, go watch Cam4ACK's video. He's not the biggest fan of it. He still thinks it's fine. But there are some instances where you're not really going to use that antenna. It's not great, as we've said many times, outdoors. The screen's sometimes hard to see. But there are a myriad of other better devices for field work, like the Rig Experts, even the the old school MFJ, the big shoebox uh, antenna analyzer, still does a fine job. So the an- analyzer would be the thing that I wish I had bought earlier instead of just banging my head um, in uh, <laughs> literally on the kitchen table as I was trying to build the dipole that was in the backyard that I had strung the coax into the kitchen because that was the closest adjacent spot for it. And then running back and forth, reading the S meter as I slowly adjusted the wire. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. You can do a lot better by just taking the analyzer, bring the feed line outside, get right, you know, don't get too close to the antenna because you don't want to use your, you don't want your body to throw it off. But regardless, analyzer that was the thing that i regret not buying earlier now this idea i am totally in agreement with jason and and i'm stealing it uh batteries so he and i similar story um i think yeah rough we've been hams roughly the same amount of time but he and i remember back in the day when we had sled batteries they're sealed lead acid batteries these things weighed a ton just so so heavy and you'd have to buy a big one because sleds suffered from battery drop-off, voltage drop-off, that as you use them more, there was just this gradual arc into then no longer having the voltage to keep your radio on. Okay. So you, you never really got the full capacity in your time of using it because you'd almost have to dial the power back to account for this drop-off, right? Okay. It was an incredible pain in the butt. And you didn't like taking them outdoors. You didn't like backpacking with them. And so if you get a smaller battery, well, that's fine. But then you're back in the world of, well, I'm still going to deal with battery drop-off. And if I've got battery drop-off, I'm not going to be able to transmit as long. And then there you go, right? A whole Mm -hmm. problem. So in come the lipos, which we've largely migrated from lipos, but lipos, lipos were just, it was, it was crazy when they came out. It was, it was awesome. But now we've got lipos, the, the lithium polymer batteries, lithium phosphate polymer, right? Those batteries are so much better. So, so much better. Um, they are, they could, they hold their bat, their, their voltage longer and consistently and they have very little battery drop off until the point where if you have bms or whatever the battery management the battery will just kind of like shut off no more no more battery for you right but it'll hold the voltage the whole time Mm. right that is incredibly valuable plus as a byproduct they're much smaller the batteries are much much smaller which means you can carry them into the field and you can get a decent sized one. Like it's not very difficult to add a six amp hour battery to your kit and backpack all day long and not really be able, not really even notice it's there. 
it's they're not small, um, but they're fine enough that you can carry and not have much of a problem. So that would be my my third. Now the fourth, kind of like Jason's, but I'm going to put it in a different way because because I have a different experience. So we're we're kind of back at it again because we're going into the high solar cycle where we can get by with very compromised antennas. Okay. And so when we have compromised antennas, they're oftentimes touted as being highly portable. They're loaded to all get out. And what that means is it's just a big coil of wire with a little tiny whip sticking out of the end. And you can be successful with those, even QRP, right? And that was the same experience I had. Over I mean, how long is a solar cycle going to last? Where like three years. whatever you so whatever you buy that's compromised now that works. Mm-hmm. If you're going to continue down your ham radio journey, you're going to have to probably upgrade in three years. Um. Yeah. Potentially. So. The, basically, where I'm going with this is that I had the same experience. Uh, 11 years ago, basically, right? 11 years ago, there was all these, you know, tapped, loaded, portable QRP antennas. A lot of them were built specifically to snap onto the front end of the Yesu 817 mm-hmm. at the time, the 817. And then you could just go man pack portable, which we've talked about that. That's where the, the radios around your, you got a strap around your neck and it's just sitting on your chest and you kind yeah, of walk around. Just so comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> and you'd, you'd drag a wire behind you. That wire was the radial. So what happened was I I was I was there for the, the solar cycle intensity, but I was screwing around with a dipole. And I was like, oh, things are great. This is awesome. I can, mm-hmm. I can make a contact with, with this 20-meter dipole. Things are fine. But then I started to want to get into the world of soda, which came a little bit later. So portable QRP radios came later to me. And when that happened, the solar cycle started to wane. So when the solar cycle starts to wane, antennas like the vertical tapped, you know, again, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the antennas you can buy that have a a loading coil at the base, Mm -hmm. and you use a piece of wire to adjust where the resonance spot is, Mm -hmm. and then you have a whip, like a telescopic whip in the front or on the top, and they're generally pretty short telescopic whips. Well, when you start going to the low side of the high cycle, not great, particularly because the high bands start to die off. So 10 meters, 15, 12, all them start to die off and only are usable at certain times of the day. And it's sporadically and random. You want to generally go migrate down to the lower bands. So 20 during the day is always good, but your 30s, even your 40s in the daytime started to be really, really good when you're on the low cycle. So it flips. The low bands start to work better in the mm. low cycle than the high side. Okay. So here I am with this portable loaded MFJ tapped whip, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do my, you know, my soda activations. And I, I, I pretty soon realized, like, no, I, I need the wire in the air to make this work. So there's some regrets there because I, I did buy a couple of those antennas, and they were not cheap. They were like over $100. Now, uh, oddly enough, Jason said the same thing about MFJ. This isn't a complaint about MFJ as a company. They make some really kitschy stuff, which is super cool. I like weird um, part and weird things in ham radio. But at the same time, there are some things that have a place and time when they're effective, particularly mm-hmm. within antennas. And rolling in the low cycle with a loaded 
you know, whip is, is probably not that good of a time. Uh, again, it's all flipped over now, so I could probably j break out that MFJ and go make contacts with it without much problem. But hey, there, there's that. And then the last one, and this one, everybody I think knows my, my sadness in this. I was one of a few people who bought the Shagu G sock. Oh, that's device. right. And I did it mainly for the video review. And yeah, I bought it. I think it was four. It was like the price of the G90. It was $450. Now, keep in mind when this happened, Shagu was kind of, they're still doing great. I'm this, And again, this isn't like, I'm not complaining about Shagu. I'm not doing anything like that. They had they were on the heels of coming out with the 5105, which did okay. There was some issues uh, with, again, quality. And the beloved G90, of course. And it, it was right on the heels of the G90. And the G90 came out, and it it kind of took the ham radio community by storm. And it it deserves the place that it has. It's a it's a it's a good radio for being the price that it is. Right, great. So the Shagu folks were like, well, let's keep this train going. Why not just use your G-Sock as a base station radio? Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, all right, I'm listening. Mm -hmm. And so they came Tell out. Tell me more. Yeah, so they came out with an attachment. So if you didn't know this, the G90 is a, is a radio that can have a remote head unit. You can disconnect the head unit, take off a couple of screws, and the head unit comes off, and you can use a DB9 serial cable to connect the body to the head. And that allowed you to remote it if you wanted to in a mobile setup or something like that. And that would work fine. Well, they said, well, why don't we just let's bring back that serial cable. So keep that serial cable kicking around. And then we'll just throw a big old screen on it. And it, <laughs> it turned out that it was some kind of a Linux device, I believe. Uh, I kind of got so frustrated by it after my first video with it. And then what I'm about to tell you happened. And I was like, okay, I think we're just going to put this thing away. It came out with not meeting their own spec sheet in fun in terms of functionality. And so a lot of people were really disappointed, but we were all holding out hope that Shagu would just release a couple of firmware patches and then we'd be up and running and everybody would be like, hey, this is great. No big deal. The reality is, is that didn't happen. And this kind of i think led us led us collectively the community i think to the feeling that particularly with some of the radios like shagu if they don't get like a just a bunch of interest in the radio they don't keep the firmware developments going for very long right and because the g90 came out with pretty lackluster reviews they they kind of mothballed it it silently silently went to its own grave um, Which is interesting because, yeah. you know, when you when you have like video games or other releases like that, mm -hmm. that aren't so great. Yeah. They usually work on it until it's great. Oh, no, that's not true. Japanese company Sony has many uh, things that they've kind of left. Uh, the Nintendo has done that. The Virtual Boy, mm. the Sony PS Vita, which is still like one of my favorite handhelds of all time. Oddly enough, the PS Vita, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to sidetrack myself, but the PS Vita actually thrives in the homebrew space. Really? Third-party developers are making their own software for it, cracking it, and then you can sideload whatever you want on it. 
And so it's kind of got this renaissance or had a renaissance where it's actually a really, really cool handheld if you could get one or had one. So yeah, anyway, those are those are my, my top five regerts uh, from ham radio in buying stuff throughout the years. I, I echo Jason's uh, statements a lot. Actually, I think he also mentioned antenna analyzers. So he, he and I are of, of many like minds. We share a lot of opinions. So Jason, great video. Highly encourage everybody to go subscribe to Jason. And uh, if you can, go watch that video. I think you'll enjoy it. Now, as far as sick ham radio stuff, I just want to mention one thing. There are many ways you can remote a ham radio so that you don't have to be in the shack. Like you can operate from an iPad. Mm-hmm. So I have a ICOM 7610 and a 705. And I have them configured for the applicate the iOS application SDR control, which mm-hmm. allows me to technically operate my radio, single sideband and digital. I don't know if they've cracked the nut on CW yet, at least for like having a hand key. Mm-hmm. You can type key it though if you want. Um, it's great. I can operate from my bed. Can you though? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Works great. I've done it multiple times. I technically did it in VR. I used VR. Remember that? Mm. I used my my VR headset to tunnel in through remote software into my 7610, or maybe it was my 7300 at the time, 7610. And I could be VR'd in a a tranquil space while having a floating radio window in front of my face. It was was really fun. That was really cool. That video was not as popular. Who, Who would have thought people like... Don't just want to VR their ham radio experience. They want to be in front of a radio. But if you're sick, you may not have any other options. So, <laughs> so that's what I, I got to say about that. All right. What's happening? The staircase has changed. Remember? We watched all of these movies during the We holiday. did. We finished them. We hit the full Alan Rickman series. Before the staircase moves again. Ah, those movies are so good. Man. They really are. Anyway, welcome to the email correspondence tower. For some of you, this is the real meat and potatoes of the whole show. In front of you lies the looming tower of email correspondence, but there are two outbuildings to the left and right. One is the physical mail depot. That's right, depot. Where you send us things to our P.O. Box, 5105 Cerritos, California, 90703. You don't have to do that, but it's, we really... It's 5101. 50, oh, yeah, 5101. It's 5101. P.O. Box 5101. Oh, talking about the Shegu. 5101. Okay. We did get packages and letters. We so let's, did? Let me just grab them right now. Just amazing. All right. So uh, a couple of these. Oh, this is a Christmas card. So this is from... Oh, this is from Amanda and Jeff from Ham Nation. <gasps> Thank you, Amanda With and their Jeff. Dogos. It says, Happy Holidays. Oh, that's Holidays. adorable. Dude. Look at those puppers. Yeah. Uh, this is, oh, this is from Hamcation. I'm going to hang on to this one. That's <laughs> not for air. Uh, this is a QSL card that I got from Fred, KB4EE, in, where are you at? Florida. And so he is KB4EE. Ooh, is there it a picture is a, of the Florida wetlands? It looks like a Florida wetlands and a beautiful largemouth bass. Oh, look at that watercolor work. He might have made that. I don't know. Amazing. Let me see. And he sent me there a message that is for me. So there you go. What do you yeah. say? 
Hope you go. Hope to. Oh, okay. He's gonna hope to join us on Discord. Well, I hope you join us on Discord too. That's the best place to be uh, for all that stuff. So, okay. And <laughs> lastly, this is kind of wild. What's that say there, Leia? Ellacraft. I got a letter from Ellacraft in my PO box, and it says. Stop talking crap about our radios. <laughs> I I don't. I you don't. don't. I know. <laughs> Josh, we watched your video of you replacing the Q6, which was that MOSFET, on your KH1, and noticed the orange non-slip pad was missing from the inside of your removable lid. It's used to keep the battery from moving around inside. Merry Christmas, seventy-three from S Wood. So someone, how nice! Yeah. So there is a a There's sticker, a and part, a Parts. literal rubber pad, an oh, adhesive that's rubber so pad. Nice. And there is a oh, there's a that's a Merry Christmas from Ellicraft. There's a patch. Oh, I didn't wow. even know they had patches. So yeah, I got uh, I got a card from Ellicraft. So they watched the video, and it was a lot of fun working with Wayne that one evening where he got on the phone with me to walk through troubleshooting the kh1 he really loves that radio you can tell his heart's totally behind it and i think it's super cool all right so i have two boxes here that we're gonna open so here we go two boxes or i guess one soft package in one box this is from derek amazing n0dcw i believe derek has also sent an email to go with the package which ah, i will okay. read along with it Okay, there is a shirt. Is a red shirt. It says, read with package from me, Derek, N0DCW. Okay, it says, what's up? Hi, Leanne, Josh. I had to send an email to go along with the package I sent for Josh, because if I put a handwritten note with it, no one could read it. <laughs> I'm sure it would be fine. I recently got a crick cut so I could make a bunch of shirts for a cat rescue group my wife works with, and it dawned on me. I no longer need to convince you guys to make a shirt I want. I can just make it myself. What? So here you go, Josh. Enjoy the pun. Merry belated Christmas and Happy New Year, Derek N0, DCW73. Yes, so it is a very nice power meter type uh, display with a W there in front of the needle or above the needle. And mm -hmm. below it, it says, what's up? That's hilarious. I like that, Derek. Thank you so much. It's a, it's a nice red shirt that Josh can wear on Chinese New Year, too. Yeah. Thank you, there Derek. And we got another. This is a box. And this is from... Nick, Nick, uh, KC1OTX, and Ben, KC1TFB. Well, Nick thank you, ben. Nick thank and you. Ben. Oh, my gosh, this is so exciting. There is a box of Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Excellent. Deluxe, Deluxe. Excellent. Which is fantastic. I'm very excited about that. There are... Oh, there's a there's I don't a think I've ever had... Craft mac and cheese deluxe. Am I missing? Am I missing out? Oh my gosh! There's a lot of stuff <gasps> in here. So there are two. Those are the coolest cups ever. Mount Washington, New Hampshire, elevation six thousand two hundred and eighty-eight feet. They're like two rubber tumblers that are rainbow colored. Which is they're really like cool. tie-tie almost. Yeah, it's they're like they're silly color. cups. They're silly cups. Because they're silicone. They're called silly. Oh. All right. So I'm assuming they are silicone. And then there's a shot glass Mount Washington. <gasps> this is 
so with nice. With a little carabiner Thank you, attached Nick on the and side. Ben. We'll try and post pictures of all of these on the <gasps> Ham Radio Crash Course. That is so cool. HRCC Podcast Chat Room. Oh my sure gosh. There's two shot glasses, so same one. Carabiner shot glasses. That's So you can handy. attach it to your bag. That's incredible. I don't know if there's anything else. Okay, yeah, there is. I thought that was just padding. Oh, there's there are things. Holy smokes. There's <laughs> did you say there are things? There are things. I had assumed maybe there would be liquid things given the uh, the shells. There is a bottle of green liquid. Is it absinthe? I don't know. Oh, it's so pretty. It's like a tr like triangular pyramidy kind of bottle. This is a Carducci of Bonaire liqueur. I'm going to drink it right now. The sunny taste of Bonaire, which looks like it looks like it's key lime flavored. <gasps> I love key lime. Lime has been used as a thirst quencher since the beginning of time. The cact and cactus. Ooh. So I don't know what you're getting So it's like into. a tequila, like a key lime tequila. Give it to me. I'm going to drink it right now. <gasps> Thank you guys so much. That is super cool. And then there is what a... What a cool Christmas gift. What is this? So exciting. There is a personalized card in here. And there is a uh, there is a note we will read. Oh, wow. There was a note and you didn't read it first. That is the rudest thing you can I do when realized, opening I gifts. I realized it was wrapped up in the other thing. They sent us so a sorry. photo, and that's both of them. So now we can put the put the face to the to the. Oh calls. my gosh! Where are you guys in that picture? It looks like they're on a building, on the top of like a building, very high up. It looks like they're looks very like high they're up. in the clouds. They're probably on Mount Washington. It looks like oh my god, Leia's going teeth on. I can't the open the bottle. It. Can you knife it open? I literally took all my accoutrement off because I was the scissors behind you. Where on my peg wall. Okay. Kudashi of Bonaire liqueur. Greetings, Leia and Josh. We hope you guys enjoy this small package. The liqueur enclosed is found only in one place. This is a sweet liqueur made from <gasps> the cactus of Bonaire. This is a diving destination in the Dutch Caribbean close to Aruba in the ABC Islands. It smells Cheers. amazing. Thank you so much. I thank you. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you remember our story from how Ham Radio was used to rescue us last year with the assistance of the Mount Washington Repeater. Yes. That's right. Well, the cups came all the way from the top of Mount Washington, which is the highest point of New England. On the afternoon, it's from that afternoon of April. Oh, wait. Let's see. The highest point in New England. And on that afternoon of April 12th, 1934, the Mount Op uh, Washington Observatory recorded a wind speed of 231 miles per what? hour. What? I think their sensors were miscalibrated. Isn't that, sure. a, isn't that a hurricane? That's insane. Yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, the world record from 1934 until 1996... Mount Washington still holds the record for highest measured wind speed not associated with a tornado or tropical cyclone. I thought that them being silicone may be useful for camping as it's lightweight and can take Oh, that's so heating. smart. Perfect. Yeah, I love that. 
Thank you so much for all the work you both do to make this hobby this exciting. Oh, thank you so much. It's oh, so you nice totally to, so made nice my to Christmas. This all, is so cool. Yeah, so thoughtful. Also enclosed is a sample of the front of the QSL card I'm working on. There is a funny story behind this photo. I was getting the cups and got talking to the attendant at the gift store. And well, they got in touch with the maintenance worker that stays up there most of the time. Well, I asked him if I could, if he could show me which tower is the ham radio one so I could take a photo. He wasn't entirely sure, but ended up taking us to the roof where all the antennas were for this epic shot. So, yeah, we were, we were both right there. Of course, Ben is in the corner and wasn't feeling getting up on the roof. Of course, these radios were not in use at the time of the photo. I'm happy to state that my growth in the hobby continues despite the pushback from this event that almost caused me to quit altogether. I now have a 440 repeater on my tower <gasps> that covers most of my town and the town next door. Which, Good for you. Indeed. Which will be used for my local cert team. I decided to oh do this. Oh my gosh. I there's love getting that it. So there's your, much. There's your actively love... getting in the community. Uh, 2024 checklist complete right? already, Nick. I decided to do this so that we were not using the other two meter repeater that have such a large coverage area as it could be disruptive. That is very thoughtful. And and I, I love the idea of having a off the main ba band. So if two meters is what a lot of people are going to be using, having something 440 for you that maybe has a little bit dialed back power. Maybe you don't have it high enough that you can just cover your town and the town over. That's perfect. So happy holidays to you and your family. Well, happy holidays to you and Ben. 73, Nick and Ben, KC1OTX and KC1TFB. Oh my gosh. Thank you both so much. This thank is you. I will now so try super exciting. I, you just like hit the nail on the head. I love getting things that I can't get anywhere else, like especially things to consume. That's this. Okay, I want everybody, when I say what I'm about to say... The color on this is incredible. Yeah, the color is cool. So what I have to say about this. This <laughs> tastes like if they made Malort taste good. This doesn't taste anything like Malort. There is a... Malort is awful. There is a, a flavor there, a very herbaceous flavor that is in Malort. The, the, the herbaceous flavor is good. The added sweetness, which is likely due to the limes and a bit of that cactus... The cactus is probably what's giving it that herbaceous flavor now that I think about it. Oh, there might so be so good. This is so good. It's good. Time to go. Nobody to the take what I said about Malort. Malort is not good. I'm very clear. I'm Malort, not a fan of Malort. I'm, I'm going to double down on Malort not being good. Yes. And I remember trying Malort yeah, on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> it was an attack on the senses. Right. <laughs> I don't. Is that. A Chicagoan thing? Yes. Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. This is fantastic. Ah, what a merry podcast. I'm amending my statement slightly. There's a flavor I can't place. Mm. Well, thank you, Nick I've, and Ben. This that's is, fantastic. This Good is stuff. so exciting. Thank you, everybody who sent us things throughout the entirety of the year. We, yes. Entirety. That's probably not right. We really do appreciate it. It means the world to Thank us. Thank you, Derek, for no making one has that to do what's this, up shirt. Too. But we were asked so many times that you know, we, we now share the P.O. box. These silk cups are going to be awesome. I'm already thinking about because, yeah, you can like 
Oh yeah, you They're can totally stackable. Like squeeze them down and it, they bounce right back. And then silicone's really good for like hot stuff too. They're not fantastic for thermal retention, but they're totally yeah. fine for holding and you don't burn oh, your hands up. Carabiner, you love things with carabiners on them. That's right, I do. It's just So you can just clip that to the side of your bag, let everybody know you're down for taking shots. Exactly. Shots on the field. So that the uh, St. Bernard that comes by knows to stop by your campsite. Oh, me first. Me first, little doggy. <laughs> Save me first with whatever you got in that barrel under your neck. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. We really do appreciate it. That means we're closing the door on the physical mail annex for the year, and we're heading on over to the voicemail, sorry, physical mail depot. Voicemail annex. We're going to the voicemail annex. next. I really should write... I should put signs on these doors. Yes. As we're walking to them because it's yeah. like I keep forgetting. Everybody's like, Josh, you're you're obviously standing in front we of We need buildings. a map. <laughs> a map? A visitor's map. I find them map. every day. That's every time visitors. I always find it's them. A visitor's map. But I forget what they're called. <laughs> I know one's on the left. It's always on the left. But, you know, here we are. Because anyway. you have a CW lounge too? That's back in the podcast studio. We have to go portable oh, with the recording gear and go out to the physical. I see. Mail so paper. this is a this is a poda podcast. It's a walkie talkie. <laughs> <laughs> I made it at the cop button on that one. That's right, Leah. It's not just a podcast, it's a walkie talkie. Wow. That's right. That's amazing. Okay. Leah, let's uh give everybody the phone number if they'd like to read their email to us in the form of a voicemail. That is 562-334-2389. We got a three-minute timeout on this repeater, guys, so just keep that in mind. So here we go. So we got two voicemails this we week. Two, Only two? But one of them, mm. we we really tried hard. We, we thought maybe it was SSTV or Packet. We couldn't figure it out. So I, I don't have all the digital modes on a phone app. I could figure this out if we were back in the shack. Like, send me that. Send me the file. Sure. And if I get the time and I get in front of the shack that I can decode it by playing it through the computer, I'll figure it out. But because we don't know what it says, uh, maybe there will be an email that explains. I don't know. So we'll try and figure it out for next week. And if we do, we'll replay it. But And I hope you can understand that we're not going to assault everybody's earbuds. Oh no! Earballs with the earballs. Yeah, no. Also, no. I have no problem doing that. I just don't want whatever it could be being said without me looking at it first. Duh, that's true story. That's yeah. probably the yeah. and and I'm not implying nefarious intent here. I just don't. Somebody SSTV he's over something that says Josh sucks. Yeah, right. Uh, it's it's not would still play. Would still, I would still play that. Um, it's not SSTV because it's not long. The audio clip's not long enough to be SSTV, and there is a there's a a, a carrier like a hold or a wait or a reply moment. That's that. That happens in the middle of a couple of times. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I literally tried packet, uh, APRS for the heck of it, and some of the digital modes that I have on my phone that I could technically decode, and I I couldn't get it. So, all right, there we go. Oh. Hello, this is who is it? Oh, it's Kilo One Mike Alpazulu Nathan. Hey Nathan. Um. So let's start out with some ham radio stuff. I was just thinking back to early on after I got my uh, FT-891 and back in the 
olden days of 2021. That's about to be three um, years ago. I know. Remember, remember back then when I was all about how we were joking that my radio was stuck on the bow and that whole, like, uh, sideways boat thing that they had. Ah, oh, the Suez the Canal? Days. Yeah. Um, so... I was, uh, after I got my A91, I visited my grandmother in uh, Massachusetts. That's right. And actually, that is some of the longest contacts I've had um, to, I think I got two in U- in Ukraine and back in 2021. And got Good some, year. Uh, Good Northern Ireland, <laughs> Slovakia, Slovenia, and just so many places, just because of... She's near a lake, and she's a, a big field behind her house. It's just, it's it was it, it was uh, ideal conditions, even with just a uh, fever coil. Hey, it worked. Now on to what I was wanted to actually talk about. Um, you're talking about thieves, and my grandmother is very much a thieves person. Um, she's done oh, young thieves? living. Oh, uh, well, thieves! I was like, what are you very much a thief. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, household cleaners. And hand sanitizers and soaps and I don't know, just everything thieves. And I like the smell. It's like a little, a little spicy. Yeah. Spicy. Spicy, like cinnamon spiciness. Even just for the smell of it. I don't know if it works or not. I'm sure it does. So this is Kiko on Mike Avazulu. Um, saying thieve on. <laughs> the- <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. And thank, thank you for, for being the last voicemail the, of the year. The year-long voicemails that you've been sending. We appreciate it. Uh, I, It's uh, only because of us you have a unbroken record, I believe. So, Yeah. Thank you, Nathan. We uh, appreciate it. Okay. Well, that was easy for the voicemail then. We can close the doors and head to the tower. Somebody, in fact, has done a thieves test where they incubated... Uh, I think there's two things. Thieves is one company, mm-hmm. and then the other uh, company does something called On Guard. Okay. And so they tested it where it was uh, a clean control. Okay. Just water. Mm. Um, then dirty, <clears throat> pure white vinegar. Diluted on guard and diluted thieves, and I'm going to show you the results. Okay. Okay, I'm looking. I'm ready to look. Okay, I'm looking. <laughs> that's uh, that's the clean. That's mm-hmm. water. That's dirty. Uh huh. That's thieves, and that's on guard. <laughs> wow. It is uh more effective than pure white vinegar. And uh, what is on guard? On guard is the Dutera version of thieves, I think. Oh, 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 I see. Okay. And and what were they introducing it? What was the? Uh, they just wiped it on a counter or something like that. Okay, so it's unknown bacteria of, of so, any strain. It was added to a petri dish. Right, but what was interesting? So the manufacturers of thieves and Dutera both recommended dilution. Right, because otherwise it's like pure essential oil. You're not supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. The countertop experiment was repeated without diluting the cleaners. Okay. Oh, my gosh. And so- in fact, Thieves and Dutera are more effective 
if it is significantly more effective than pure white vinegar. But But, Deuteras is actually better than Thieves. Okay. Can I can I uh, postulate an idea sure. of why that happened? Because so all those essential oils you're getting are like tinctures. What if it's the carrier that it's riding in is the thing that's actually doing the killing of the bacteria? The carrier. So it's alcohol. Spoiler well, this alert. is this is. Uh, I mean, that's. What is it? What is it in typically? Essential oils are usually either mixed with another oil. I thought it was. Well, you got to get it in suspension, right? So I mean, so it can't be water because it would separate. Right. Tinctures are usually made out of using some kind of alcohol. And so. But oil and alcohol don't mix either. Okay. That's true. That's true. I, I, that, so it has I, to be in another I could oil. Be, I could be mixing. I could be mixing up my. Yeah, t- a t- it would be just called a tincture then, and tinctures are generally all alcohol. So I guess it is some kind of oil. But then it's it's always like a neutral oil to begin with, right? Yeah. Isn't that the idea? Yeah. Jojoba oil, something like that. Um, or okay, I don't know. in the case of essential oils, when you purchase them, they're technically supposed to be the unadulterated essential oil that comes off of the the plant. Without anything else? Right. Oh, okay. That's why you're supposed to dilute it. Mm, I see. You usually take the essential oils and then they tell you to use a carrier oil to to mix I with. I see. Okay. So then I don't know. There you go. Have you suspended your uh, disbelief now of... I mean, no, I'd still use a cleaner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Dawn and uh, rubbing alcohol. I wish that experiment had been done with rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Instead of vinegar. Right. Because I've always felt that vinegar is not actually a very good I, cleanser. I think uh, vinegar is It can't often... be ca- caustic enough if you can ingest it. Right. <laughs> it's... I hear many times people say, like, you know, clean your windows with newspaper and vinegar. That may work fine. That's a place where I can see vinegar doing sure. a bang up. Job. I'm not eating off my windows. That's right. I just no. got to look through them. I just don't want to see the streaks. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that I would clean with any. So I, all of those products, Fair. I don't think I would clean with any of them. Okay. But I'm not a. What if oil I put person. it in alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> and so it would smell okay? <laughs> Which is our kick. We take, uh, what is it? Fantast- Fantastimo or what? Uh, it's Fabuloso. Fabuloso. Okay, and- so Dawn Power Wash is in fact Dawn and alcohol and water. You can is it make really? your own Dawn Power Wash. Oh. And I've done it before. Works great. Wow, okay. And you can buy Dawn Power Wash once and then keep that bottle and just refill it. That's with got Dawn that cool spray alcohol. gun thing on yeah, it, right? That's exactly. really effective, yeah. Uh, I like using Dawn Alcohol and Fabuloso because I like the smell of Fabuloso. I love the smell of Fabuloso. But Fabuloso is actually not antibacterial. Yeah, no, it's just yeah. like a soap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. That All was right. the cleaning corner. For more cleaning tips, see us again <laughs> next week. <laughs> next year. So that means we're going up the email tower. So here we go. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the tower, hello, hello, welcome to the tower, Leia's reading your emails and Josh is going on a tangent, thank you for your email, we hope you like it here. Yes, indeed. Leia, how would 
the folks email us if they want to? They can open whatever computing device or oh. cell phone or oh. however they send email. Could be could be a person <coughs> that they, <coughs> they, they dictate to. They dictate mm-hmm. to that person mm-hmm. and have them use their yes. email system, and which in, is electronic mail. I always yeah. get hit. You know, you use too many acronyms. <laughs> electronic mail system. And in the two line, mm. you would put Leia, L-E-A-H, mm-hmm. at hamtactical.com. That's ham, like ham radio. Mm-hmm. And tactical, like tactical, but with an A-L instead of an O-O-L. Well, it's not a good example. I did remember it correctly. It's, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, what's the acronym for SMTP? Simple Mail Transport Protocol. All right. So if you're using your email system that supports Simple Mail Transport Protocol, you can email us at leah at hamtactical.com. Go ahead and email us about your journey through amateur radio. Tell us about your trials and tribulations. If you have a question, we'd love to hear it, and I'll do my best to answer it. Uh, and if I can't, we'll definitely tell you who, you should, who else you should talk to or join us on the Discord is what we usually say to do. Yeah. And if you have a merch idea, hamtactical.com, the merch store that supports this podcast. If you send us your merch idea, which... We got this T-shirt for somebody who didn't want to wait for Leia to make a T-shirt. <laughs> but if you send us a merch idea and we like it and we make one, we'll send you one for free. I, I'm still going to bug you about that Baofeng shirt. Yes. Bug away. It's a winner. Hot banger. I'll tell you what. Hot, hot bangers coming out. <laughs> the first email is titled Hybrid Trucks. Ooh. And this comes from Douglas V. I've been watching about hybrid semi-logging truck company based in Canada called Edison Motors. They are in the process of developing a kit for pickups. This would be great for ham radio and you could likely use it in the HOV lanes. Maybe you would have to register it as a hybrid. My 2000 Super Duty would be a good pickup to use for this. This could power a field station like you did with your Lightning. And that's from Douglas V. Oddly enough, we found out that one of the top five worst cars of 2023 was the Ford F-150 hybrid. Yeah, I think the complaint with a lot of the hybrids, because I am looking for a minivan Mm -hmm. and I am looking at hybrids. And it seems like the complaint is pretty similar across the vast majority of large, uh, larger car hybrids. Mm -hmm. Uh, with an electric car, you have lots of torque, right? Like you're just taken off. Right. It's only torque. And with gas cars, it's similar. Um, There's a power band. Sure. That correlates to RPM and torque, yeah, to horsepower. But hybrid cars, the large ones anyway, appear to get confused. (laughs) <laughs> when... Oh, like they switch? Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. So what a lot of people complain about is a lack of power. Interesting. Okay. And that's, uh, we were looking at the Toyota Sienna because it's supposed to be pretty reliable in the Odyssey hybrid. I think they just recently came out with it. Uh, so Toyota's be, uh, been doing the hybrid thing for a long time, like mm-hmm. from Prius on, right? Yeah. Uh, the Sienna just horrible reviews on really? how underpowered it feels. And that's not even a 6,000 pound car or whatever. Right. 
it's one of the lighter minivans. Which means when you add more weight, your, yes. your power yeah. doesn't go as far. So when we talk about uh, hybrids and these retrofit kits, I, I saw the same video on Edison Motors. Uh, it's it's like something that sits below the the car. It's like a whole system that attaches to the bottom of your car. Okay. Oh, so this is adding the capability. So you maintain the motor that the truck already has yes. or vehicle. Uh-huh. And they just slap a hybrid option onto yes. it. So it's a smaller battery pack, likely some kind of beefed up alternator and the mm -hmm. motor that can charge the battery or not. You can go either way. Uh, and then some kind of helper that would go onto the drivetrain. Yeah. And I, they'd obviously have to be targeting this towards cars that are over, you know, a certain mileage or a certain age because adding that to a car that's still under warranty would... <laughs> What I'm sure void your warranty. Yeah, it also sounds like it's got to be something with enough ground clearance so you can slap something under it. So yeah. They mentioned trucks specifically, so. So it would be cool. Uh, in terms of HOV lanes, I think that California has done away with HOV for hybrids. I think there are a couple that can still get in there. I don't know how they're doing it or if they're just doing it illegally. But I've seen, you know, cars that have hybrids slapped on the back. And I'm like, how'd you do that? Because those HOV stickers have become increasingly harder to get on yeah. vehicles. Yeah, so. you, you generally need to be all electric or hydrogen. There's... Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I think I rode in a hydrogen car when I went to like an alternative fuels expo. Like you did over yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, it's the clarity, or I don't remember what yeah. what the what the current one down is, but you can always tell because whenever they like, they go from slow to moving, they dump a bunch of water. Yeah, because that's the byproduct of a hydrogen yeah fuel cell. Really interesting. Yeah. Uh, there were some other alternative fuels that they had. Natural gas. Where you're no, it was uh, I don't even remember now, but I remember looking at these things, thinking to myself. There's just no way you're going to have the infrastructure to make this work. Like whatever you have has to has to fit within the current accessibility of land in Southern California. So if you have something that requires like a, a, an especially large amount of clearance from the equipment, it's just not going to work out here. It, it might be something that works where you have a ton more land, but we just don't have that. Right. Or it'd have to fit into infrastructure we already have. Yeah. So if you wanted to run a hydrogen fueling station, you'd probably be looking at gas stations that had space that you could add that to it. The hydrogen fueling stations actually take up quite a lot of space. Do they? And they don't work within the existing equipment. Oh. Like, oh, I mean, the, that makes sense. Sure. One of the reasons that uh, diesel, for instance, uh, gained popularity again in Southern California, so it's not difficult to convert a gas tank to a diesel tank. Nor is it hard for the refineries to do that. You're talking about for the gas station. Right. Okay. I'm like, you can't just, you don't just swap the tank out in the car. That's not what does it. No, but that's why there's a, a decent amount of companies that have started going to diesel again. 
like creating diesel models for cars. Yes. Okay, and small trucks. Smaller yeah, because trucks. I think you get like better mileage on diesel. Not necessarily. It depends. Okay, because the price isn't better. Uh, okay. So, anyways, uh, I, and I, I think the push is towards electric, but how does that work in a state that has rolling blackouts pre like electric car? mass adoption i mean people have always hit me with that argument there there are a number of arguments i get hit for driving an electric car and i, I want to repeat that i'm not driving an electric car for some like green you know movement type of thing although i i do want to be a good steward of our land i do it primarily to get in the hov land <laughs> That's, that's my that's my whole modus operandi. Also, I I love the convenience of not having to go to a gas station. Well, I mean, it that's the little, other thing. It's a little thing. There are so many people who live in apartments, though. I I get it, and and literally, and then what do they you, do? You are literally hitting me back with every argument that. Then then I say to them, I'm like, it doesn't work for you, and that's okay. But. My fueling is literally a 240 line. Oh, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about this widespread adoption. Oh, this... yeah. No, I don't get that. I'm, I'm not I'm not pushing for that either. I hate it when the government tells people I, like what to do. I don't they're like, not. I don't think they're. Well, no, they are. They are. Okay. Because you're right. Yeah, because no, they're yeah. saying that by a certain year, no gasoline cars are going to be sold in the state. See, and this is my my capital is showing. There's nothing wrong with lots of options. Right. The only one who benefits from lots of options is the consumer. Because now it's not GM versus Ford versus Chevy versus German cars and Japanese cars. And, oh, watch out. The Koreans are starting to make cool stuff. Like, that's good competition. But now you're talking about, like, completely upsetting the market by having good cars come out that are completely, well, not completely different, but completely different systems like electric. Yeah. Having those, all of them competing only helps the consumer. You're just going to see people go to like Arizona and Nevada to go buy cars. Right. And figure out how to get them back here. Yeah. Because you're, well, no, your primary residency is the state of California. I, so, they can't uh, stop people from other states from selling it to you. They'll just probably impose a, an additional tax or something like that. No, it's, it's the same. And I literally don't even understand how this is going to work taxation-wise because a large part of the, like, the infrastructure on roads mm -hmm. and maintenance on, like, <clears throat> highways and things like that and freeways mm -hmm. are funded through a gas tax. Right. How do you do that on an electric vehicle? I don't know now. I, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, okay, so the easy way is the vehicle's got to be registered to be in the state, right? Yeah. So it's a part of it gets folded into the registration. Then Where it, they're checking the odometer? And then they're going to charge you per know. mile? I, I don't know, because, yes, it's a consumption thing, right? It, it's factored into the gas that you buy. Right. Your consumption is the issue. All great questions. Now they're like, well, now we want Ford to to send the state of California your mileage for your electric. I mean, this turns into a slippery And that's a real big brother issue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> want my oh. car reporting to the government how many miles i drove this year right, right right yeah or your insurance company necessarily but you know i don't know it now here's the thing okay the state of california could hypothetically 
say, we're just going to, worst case scenario, right? This is hypothetical. Take all the registered EVs, right? We're just going to take whatever that number is we think we need out of you. We're going to chop it up by as how many, many of you there are. And you can, pl you can pay that rate or you let us, you give us your information somehow. Forward, whatever. Forwards it on to us. You choose. You pick. That's what we'll do. I'm not saying I like any of these ideas. I'm just saying that's what they could do. By the way, did you know that when I used to suddenly everybody only drives a hundred miles a year? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I've got the government device. I've got hooked up to a hamster and a wheel, <laughs> going backwards. Yeah, 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 to roll it back. I, you know, I used to get. I, I would talk on you know back when forums were a thing about how I was like riding to work on a bicycle. Mm-hmm. And I used to get complaints from people about road fees. Like, well, how are we going to make these bicycles pay for the, the road damage? They're doing? <laughs> I, it doesn't matter, like, what you do. Someone's not going to like it. But at the end of the day... The, but I'm talking about a serious, yeah. like, budget issue here. Oh, I mean, think of Irvine. It's all white Teslas. <laughs> Who's paying for those roads? How the Irvine company. The what? The Irvine Company. The Irvine Company. Well, I mean, so... I'm not even sure the Irvine Company doesn't own the roads. So so what could happen here? Um, the Actually, major... cities cities do cover the interior roads. I'm talking about freeways. It's, these are jokes. Again, we're getting real serious. This is this okay. Is I, I really take governance seriously. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this could become a thing where if you... They could start taxing the charging companies. If you're charging X number of kilowatt hours into your EV. I mean, I think my big fear is they're going to be like, okay, well, we've forced you into this electric situation where we already know we have an electric shortage. And now we're just going to make it way more expensive to drive an electric car than it would have been to just stick with gas. But, but see, this is the thing that doesn't make sense to me. And this again, and I want to get off this topic because it's already going on too long. But again, capitalism me showing. Isn't Southern California Edison and all these companies that are getting way more dollars from all that they're getting paid from the use of the system, doesn't that encourage them to improve infrastructure? Shouldn't it? Sure. I mean, in the dumbest, simplest way, like, shouldn't they be encouraged to now upgrade things to increase the power? And then you're like, well, I won't be able to handle the, the needs, blah, blah, blah. It's like, but okay, no, that's not that's not what I'm talking about. I, they've already raised electric rates. Like what our, our electric bill is astronomical. I right. Mean, so they're making tons of money from it. Things are naturally going to break. They're going to have to. Well, because they're they're behind on infrastructure improvements already. Right. Sure they are, of course, because they probably, again, the government's probably told them they had to do X by X and they haven't. No, I mean, uh, I shouldn't say improvements. I should say maintenance. Sure. So, uh, well, moving on, moving. I have another email from Douglas. Okay. It's called Stock 500. Stock 500. I just got a Stick 500. Mm. I am playing with the Bluetooth connectivity. Any tips on how to connect it to my Android? I will use it on my J-Pole that I have built but have not yet tuned it. Yeah, this is a thing that some people have had issues with, and maybe it's an Android thing, because I have far less problems with my Apple phone, but I think I've used it on Android too. There's an app, right? There's an app for these things. 
you have to go download the Android app. You have to load it on your phone and it needs to make a connection to the device. So what I generally recommend people do is they put the the device, I think it's a Bluetooth low energy, which sometimes people run into problems with some phones with Bluetooth low energy. So you might want to check what your phone is. Turn the, get the, get the tuner. And we're talking about an antenna analyzer, not a tuner. Get your analyzer into Bluetooth mode first, obviously, at least you should. And then do whatever the app tells you. And if it loses connection, just do it again, meaning um, reconnect to if I remember the application correctly. It's like Ant Plus or something like that. I remember at least for iOS. Anytime I've lost Bluetooth, I just go back in and reconnect. So take it back to the home screen and reconnect. And then it should work fine. If it doesn't, kill the app and rerun the app. If that doesn't work, kill the power on the analyzer, restart the analyzer, and restart the app. Those are my orders of operation. All right. Well, thank you so much, Douglas. For... It's happened rare to me, but it has happened. So I, it, it does happen. Thank you, Douglas, for the great thank question. You, the next email is titled, Leave the World Behind. Oh, and here it we comes go. from Jake. All right, Jake. Hope y'all are having a great week. We uh, We are. Could could be better if we weren't sick. Yeah. But otherwise, great week. I mean, yeah. It's been it's I mean, been all of our busy. Christmas decorations are down. <laughs> They've been they're it's, down it's, and put away. So it's been busy. I'm hoping this weekend and next week is gonna be a little just more fun. Lots more of fun. Chill. And then chill on the back end. That's my yeah. expectation. Yeah. Exactly. I don't we're not doing anything big for New Year's, right? See, I mean, our issue is it could be chill. <laughs> well, it could be chill. I don't really answer. You haven't answered my question. You no, I don't New have New Year's plans, but it's Sarah's birthday. Oh, so, that's right. Uh, so our, our, that. our busyness is yeah. always from the fact that we host both of our families for Christmas. One on Christmas Eve and then one on Christmas Day. This whole period of time is nuts because we, we just got done with Thanksgiving, Yeah, which was a... A, we host a decently sized, decently sized affair. Uh, Christmas was just an absolute blowout. There was just so much. Oh yeah, and I mean that in the planning sense. It's true. So many rooms had to be converted. Right. Furniture moving. We're talking the podcast about. studio converted for the night into Santa's workshop. Literally, where all storage. of the gifts got stored. It's crazy. And uh, what? Yeah, I'll. I, uh, and your dad comes to stay, so. But if we were to say, in a future Christmas, just go to Hawaii, mm -hmm. there would be none of this. <laughs> That's true. Don't tempt me. <laughs> just a thought. <laughs> God, don't tempt me. Everybody would be so mad at us. <laughs> Or what we really would end up doing is we'd end up going to Japan Ooh. so we could get that KFC bucket. Japanese KFC bucket. Just so that so that we could get the plate. The, the, the plate that only comes out for Christmas. Yes, that's the deluxe bucket. The deluxe bucket. And the shrimp uh, gratin. Yeah, like crazy. Ah, it's amazing. Look up, look up Japanese and Japan fried chicken. Japan just does everything so well. On Christmas. KFC... Totally had an ad campaign that just swept the nation. They they assume that this is what Americans eat for Christmas. And so everybody in that. Japan goes and gets KFC for Christmas. 
and they think that Colonel Sanders is Santa. He's Colonel Santa's. Yeah. <laughs> what was funny about that is on Christmas morning, you were asking me, you're like, I don't really want to make anything. I'm going to get fried chicken like the Japanese. Did. And then we realized <laughs> nothing is open. Nothing is There's open. There's no fried chicken. <coughs> your, your dad had to have a uh, Chinese food for Christmas that I made. <laughs> Which was good. <laughs> I think he was disappointed. I think he he might have thought that I was going to make a roast or something. I That was also on the discussion, but you were not feeling well. That was the beginning of the, the oh, kickoff of... Well, the because the party went until 5 a.m. Yeah, I don't... And then the next day, I was just a wreck. I was I, I was so, so tired, so... And I still needed to get up and make Christmas breakfast. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so... Yeah. Anyways, so oh, that my, was the big... And thing. my mom had COVID. Yeah, so we didn't see it's her. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's been a while. And as I was cleaning up after Christmas and putting away all the decorations, I was like, it's too bad your mom didn't get to see all this Christmas, this Christmasness. Yeah. <laughs> I think she was disappointed, too. She is. She was disappointed. No, but I mean, like, when you told her that I had already put away all the Christmas stuff, I think she was like... We're not going to keep it up. Like, you didn't wait for us to celebrate Christmas. It's like, and... And then have the decorations up through the new year? What are you talking about? Then we'll be that family. No, there's plenty of people who keep decorations up all the way to like Three Kings Day or something oh, like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is fine. It's just not for me. Right. <laughs> like... Again, we're not that family. Yeah. All right. Well, Jake writes, uh, I took the recommendation of the podcast and watched Leave the World Behind. All right. I will try not to give away any spoilers. Okay. I actually enjoyed the movie. It was quite fun and interesting to watch. Thank you so much, Jake. This is a totally different opinion than everywhere else on the internet. We have had a discussion about Leave the World Behind. Particularly my YouTube comments. Oh, my gosh. No, it's because I mentioned the Obama. HR the HRCC uh, Facebook group, too. Yeah, because they know Obama made it. That's Well, because they... Uh, I'm hoping that some of the people in my Facebook group are also watching my videos. Um, because it's because the I, I think it is tainted because it's the Obamas. And again, I didn't vote for Obama. I'm not saying I supported Obama and much of what he did. But at the same time, it's like you, you can take a couple of hours and look at something objectively. Right. And some people just can't. They just they cannot do it. I will say and um, the who, so, somebody posted about it originally on the on the Facebook group. And I kind of responded and and in this dialogue, I realized that the movie doesn't follow what a typical movie arc is. That's what the other person was saying. And yes. that's not necessarily bad unless you're expecting it to do that. And it doesn't. It, th there's no satisfying ending to this. It is literally like you have to put yourself in, a, in the mindset of your watching people mm -hmm. and not likable people you're not supposed to like these people most of them no there is no hero there's nobody that you're rooting for you're literally just watching uh, yes yeah yeah, yeah. you're, you're yes, just fine. watching 100%. these these people and i think a little bit you're waiting for a hero to emerge a hero doesn't emerge if if you watch movies and you expect there to be somebody like a keanu reeves 
that is not really full of personality that you can assume as your identity, Mm -mm. this is not the movie. Right. There's no one that you would want to be in this movie. Exactly. It is purely watching people go through something pretty bad. They they purposely made it. I well in a way that that's uh, speculation, but I I assume that I assume that's probably true. Because generally, Julia Roberts, very likable. Oh, yeah. She is not likable. No, she is not. like. None of the characters are likable. You're, you're looking at all of them wondering, like, how are you surviving in this world? It, it's, it's interesting. And this could be, again, I'm speculating. They could, they could have taken people that in the day-to-day you see them. Ethan Hawke character is a good example of this. Probably fine to be around. No yeah. big deal. Mm-hmm. But then he goes off on a little adventure and yeah. he does something that people probably would look at and go, oh, I would never do that. It's like, ah, are you sure? Exactly. And that's really the questions that it's asking is how you would go through this. You're thinking that while you're watching this. And I think it it pokes a little bit at like, are you sure this is how you would you're, you're supposed to be pretty uncomfortable through the whole movie. It's it purposely the the soundtrack, the imagery. Oh yeah, there's some like whack music it, choices in it. This. It's you're not supposed to be comfortable through the whole thing. Right. All the way to the end. You're right. not going to be comfortable. And and you're going to poke at it and go, "Well, I'd never do that. I'd never do that. I'd never do that." But I don't know that people have the people, some people, right? Have the internal self-awareness that they say but would i am i sure i don't know and i'm I'm guessing that again to all the people that just knee-jerked the obo the the oboomers the obummers <laughs> a lot of that the obummers made this i'm out it's like oh that's okay i mean that's that's fine but like i mean i think it's even more poignant that they the, they were the ones who made this because I don't know. Because you don't see the party that they represent as one that necessarily pushes the ideas of preparedness and self-reliance. Right. But they literally shined a light on things that happened. Literal things. Yeah, literally a lot of these things happened. Right. I, I, I guess that's also part of the joke. It's now now they was like <laughs> there's web posts of liberals are prepping in mass now because <laughs> they watch this movie which but, is not bad i think that was the point i you could be right and that's what, well it's at least one of the points but but you're talking about an entire mentality shift mm-hmm. and and this is this is obviously no shade to anybody in either party okay yeah you can hold an opinion about watching a thing of media Without yeah. it still shifting your belief of the the party over there, and politics, right? It's you, you should again. I'm I'm looking for objectivity when when I ask people to look at something. So I mean, strip the political parties away, but consider the fact that typically politicians mm-hmm. are vested in controlling what the government does, and also maintain the status quo. Depending, but. When you have someone who achieved the highest office in the nation, right, basically trying to make 
a perspective shift away from what the government can do and push it back on the citizens. Yeah. I, I think it's really telling. I think it, no matter what it is, whether it's like an economic collapse or a terrorist attack or whatever, the idea that somebody is saying, we're not talking about what the government is going to do. Assume that the government cannot reach you. Right. Assume the best of intentions. Yeah. But they can't actually do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So the the message is not we need to spend more money to prevent these things. You can't. You you there's no way you could have spent your way into solving this. Right. 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 So then what are you going to do? Right. Yes. So. I agree. All right, what does Jake say? All right. Well, Jake says, as some of the events in the movie actually happened in real life, obviously not on such a scale. So it was interesting to see that played out. I enjoyed how each set of characters in the movie had a different level of preparedness, as do many of us in real life. Some were not prepared at all. I feel like most people are not prepared, with the exception of the HRCC community. We are always ready. From the visual perspective, the cinematography and editing is beautiful. Yes, extremely picturesque there were some shots that i were like how did they actually do it how much was cg how much was a one shot it was wild there was some cool shots but it, it, i i agree with jake it's real artistry to be able to not just capture an image mm-hmm. but to construct a scene that triggers the emotion that you're trying to trigger the, like that that tanker scene that that could have not been as concerning if it had not been shot and presented the way that it was. Mm, yes. Right? Because then it just looks like a boat that's coming too close to shore. It, it was concerning, but then it was also like not as bad. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't the tanker. You barely got any shots of the tanker. And then the tanker shows up on shore and it kills eight people, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what you would have saw in another kind of disaster movie. Yeah. Right. Versus like you don't know if anybody was hurt. Yeah. You don't see anybody get hurt. And and you're so busy trying to get out of dodge. Right. You you could have been there, but you don't know the extent of the damage. Don't know. And people and there's nobody to tell you because everybody else was also trying to get as far away as right. possible. Right. Right. So. Yep. Uh. I did not catch the Mr. Robot references, and I absolutely love that show. So we'll, we'll have to watch it a second time. Well, you and me, Jake, we're just going to watch it. We'll talk about it on the next podcast. There you go. <laughs> I really wish there had been more of Kevin Bacon's character in the movie. I think he could have added a lot more to the film. Or maybe that's the point. I, we're yeah. not supposed to know that much about him, but more of his character would have been cool. He reminded me of Bill in The Last of Us. His level of preparedness is definitely something to strive for. I have to make a point about Kevin Bacon's character Mm -hmm. because people really ragged on the fact that they made him a caricature. And I, I feel it's because most people in the community would associate the most with Kevin Bacon's character mm-hmm. because of his level of preparedness. Right. His he's more prepared right. than They wanted to be they wanted the Kevin Bacon to be the main character so that they could be like, "Ah, oh, yes, I'm like Kevin Bacon." 
Some right, people, again, right. some people, yeah. And um, and so they said that they made him a caricature, and it, it, in some ways, that's that's true. But they got upset about kind of how his character act, like reacted sure. to again they the ask for help. See, this is one of those. They're probably thinking to themselves, "Well, I would never do that." Are I mean, I just sure? don't. If I'm being really honest with, them, I wouldn't come to the door with a shotgun. Oh, but um, I would. Uh, yes, but I I'm would not be like the fact now, that the, the we fact live that... in an area mm-hmm. where we know a decent number of the people in the area, uh, but we have a massive antenna on our roof, right? And most people in the community do know that we're pretty prepared for things. Okay, so if okay, I, we don't really know the background on how good a relationship the one of the main characters has with Kevin Bacon. Other otherwise that we assume that it was a very close working relationship. Right. And also more friendly. Seems more friendly. Sure. But but remember they rolled up with Ethan Hawke, who Kevin Bacon has never seen before. Right. So he definitely knew that looking out the window. And now, you know, now now you have to question things. Like, okay, I don't I know this one person, but I don't know this other guy. Oh, that wasn't What's my that thought. About? My thought is that if people think that I'm prepared, I don't want them to assume that I am their stockpile. Right. Well, so okay. So Kevin Bacon's part in the movie, I felt, was more as a message that you you can't depend on that person you think. No. No. It was the time to prepare is gone. Mm. You mm-hmm. missed out. Mm-hmm. No, that's how I took it. I mean, that's not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying the way that I took it Mm -hmm. was you may think that you're going to suddenly be able to rely on this person that you know and who has been so nice this whole time that you've known them and you know they're known for always getting extra canned goods and water. You see them every weekend at the market. Right, look at that guy. Always, always stockpiling, right? right? And so in the back of your head, like, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to go, one of the characters went to a neighbor's house who he knew had a sat phone. Right. Right. And then there are going to be these people who, because they're not prepared, are going to assume that right. they will be able to rely on you to take the place of a lack of government support. Exactly. Right. Well, so we're saying we're saying very similar things then. Because that's what his character turned out to be is not the solution to their problem. Not the solution. And it was a solution to one problem, but not any of the other I don't even problems. know that that solved the problem. Oh, he provided uh, something, yeah. but was it what would fix the problem? Nobody knows. He's not a doctor. Uh, that is also true. But yeah, I I thought it was fine. I mean, I was I, I would have liked to see more of that individual. But at the same time, it's like it was more of a message than anything. Yeah, and I mean, they did make it very, they had to make it as crystal clear as possible that he was the prepper type in their neighborhood, right? right? If they had downplayed the caricature. Then the message would have Yeah, exactly. Too many people. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I do love uh, Bill in The Last of Us. Oh, my that gosh. Was, that was that a was... very good one. 
that that is actually no my ideal why. post-apocalyptic situation. That's an impossible situation. There's there's no reason that episode needed to go as hard as it did. Like that episode was. Did insane. it win an Emmy? It better have won an Emmy. It, that it was, needed to win something. That's uh, I I wow. That movie is heart wrenching. See, movie. I know. It feels like it, a movie, it did, yeah. but it's it's not. It's like forty five minutes. Yeah. Now, The Ham Shack. Well, it was amazing. The amount of Yesu radios was very cool. I was sad that there was no ICOM 7300, though. It is definitely cooler than my shack. That's because it was an unused shack. Yeah. I I think that the people who... And there's I have no evidence. If you're listening to this, showrunners for uh, the movie, reach out. John Loved Amadeo. John, John Amadeo. Do you know who did the... Uh... John Amadeo, did you do this? Did you do <laughs> Someone pointed out, and it's probably more apt than anything, is while put together well, they think that they just picked up the radios that had like the largest screens with the most things that were of contrast that would show up on video. That's likely why the 5100 was in there because the 5100 has the largest screen of a mobile radio. That's also the same thing that attracts people to buy those radios. Yeah, 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 yeah right? for sure, like, for sure. That's... Yeah. But like the 7300 has one of the smaller screens now in comparison to the other base stations mm -hmm. just because it's older. But like they went with the FTDX10, no surprise. They had the 101. No surprise. Uh, but also, it had to look luxurious. The idea was this family was so well off. Oh, yeah. Very well. Right. Together. Like the, the richest family in this neighborhood is what I put together because they just were able to construct this underground bunker. Right. Without raising any red flags. Right. They had to have paid for it cash. Right. You know what I mean? Like... It's uh, and it was. Uh, there are companies that absolutely will provide you a turnkey bunker, mm -hmm. and that's that's what it looked like, somewhere that like nobody had ever used before. Mm -hmm. They built this in preparation of something that they knew may happen, but they didn't even live there, right. so they couldn't get to it. Right, they didn't get back. Yeah. Maybe one day they'll get there. That's a bit of a spoiler, but... Maybe one day they'll get there. Okay. The end was different, and I normally like endings like that. That's all I will say about that. Yes. The wife and I do our very best to have a preparedness mindset when it comes to all things, especially after the freeze of 2021, where just recently we just had sub a subject matter expert come to the fire department that I volunteer at, where we learn that there were... We were four minutes away from total dark for six months. Wow. Yikes. That's uh, one of the... Yikes on bikes. There's uh, like a less than a dozen items on that new San Bernardino website mm -hmm. where it's like things that you should be prepared for. And it's obviously like earthquakes. Sure. Uh, wildfires. Uh, extreme cold. That was one of the... Items. Yeah. Uh, but one of them is long term blackout. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's definitely a disaster. Jake wraps it up. I'm sorry if I've been rambling. You haven't. It's a very short email. Totally Overall, good. it was a good movie. Hope you all had a great week and thank you all for making the world a better place. Well, thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. 
And that's Jake KI5QXJPS. I forgot to include this in my first email. Josh, what is your favorite disaster or post-apocalyptic movie? And then... Man. Hmm. Like out of realism or just out of pure entertainment factor? Because Josh really likes zombie movies. That's the problem, yeah. But zombies is is not likely. Yeah, what was it? The Train to Busan? You really like that one? That's all zombie. Yeah. That's a really good movie. Yeah. Train to Busan's really good. But that's also like purely survival. That's not like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a prepping type movie. I I mean, you can have no context that going one into episode it of, of the last one. <laughs> yeah, that was literally what I was going to say. I don't know. Um if you'd like a show, Mad Max. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you. It, it's definitely aged. Uh, Jericho, the show. Mm. That was a good one. I. I don't know. I've watched so many, and none of them are leaping out to me. None are screaming in my ear. Red Dawn. Red Dawn's like a an insurgent. That's a disaster. Of, it's, a, it's a war movie more than anything. I mean, name me some. Do you, do any, I, I'm thinking of like pure disaster, like deep impact, that kind of thing. I didn't really like that. The movie that where the storm was chasing people around, killing them. I wasn't mm. a big fan of that Tremors. one. Tremors. Art Bell was involved in that one. <laughs> I mean, Tremors is Tremors is not bad. I for know. For preparedness movie, yeah. Tremors is on my list. I mean, I, I do love Tremors. Tremors is a really good movie. Other just traditional disaster movies, they're all kind of like, there's a bit of hokiness to them. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. No, like one of my <laughs> one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies. I can't I can't make myself watch it a lot. Die Hard. No, <laughs> the core. The core is real hokey, and I'm not. I, you guys all have to know I like bad movies, like really bad, and the core is one of them. Oh, what about Silo? Mm, that's a show. Yeah, but I don't know. That is not. It's good. Silo's good. Yeah. Not probably not what people are expecting though when they think disaster movie because that's well after the the disaster. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you can put the Postman on that list, but that's we're gonna have to get back to wacky, you, Jake. Wacky one. I don't know. Yeah. I have to think about that. I'm not sure that I have one necessarily. All right. Well, and that's okay too. Jake says mine is The Last of Us and The Road. The road's hard. And the Book of Eli. Mm. So the road is a hard watch. Like, I don't, you don't come back to the road like, well, it's time to watch the road again. I wouldn't put that on my quarterly to-do list for next year. The road is gnarly. (laughs) Um, The Book of Eli's feels like the postman to me. Um, What's the one they're doing? Omega Man is the, um, I Am Legend they're doing a second one with that. Okay. That was a Will Smith movie that was a remake of Omega Man that starred Charlton Heston. That's not bad. The the first one's kind of wild, but that's kind of a zombie movie too. Again, All right. Zombie movie. Well, we'll get back to you, Jake. I think this is going to require some writing of lists. 
and then narrowing down. I'd then, almost have to look at like a list of disaster movies. And, and then just and then and then we'd have to watch them all over again. You oh know? no, I'll remember them. I just right. none of them are jumping out at me. But now it's time. It's the final email. Okay. Thank you, Jake, for a Thank you, Jake. really uh, a thought-provoking email. And the last email is titled, Leave the World Behind? <laughs> <laughs> Quite hit right the pulse on that one. And this one comes from Randy. Hi, Josh and Leia. First time writing in. Oh, thank you well, for taking the time. Welcome to the tower. But have been listening to your podcast for several years. Love Ooh. your podcast and enjoy watching the HRCC YouTube channel as well as Ham Nation. Well, thank, thank you, you for all the support. Appreciate That's that. wonderful. And then we go, but... I am writing in response to your review of the movie Leave the World Behind. There have been many times that I would have liked to write, but I am typically driving while listening to your podcast, and it's tough for me to come up with an email later. Me and my wife both watched the movie after you had mentioned it on the podcast, and we enjoyed it. Oh, okay. Well, so happy to hear that. There is a lot I would like to say about this movie regarding the owner of the production company, but leaving the politics out of it, I will just say I totally agree with your synopsis on that matter. I will say that when it became clear that the movie was over, I was not ready for that. Yeah, it's it's it. It's abrupt. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it ends differently from the book, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I felt that it would go on a bit longer. However, I can see where that was a fitting ending. I did read that the book has a different ending. Yes. Gee, does that mean I'll have to read the book now? No, I didn't read the book. I read the Wikipedia on it. That's because I'm a plot spoiler. Mm -hmm. That's... <laughs> Just last night, we rewatched re a movie from 2018, How It All Ends, with Fortis Whitaker and Theo James. Mm. This movie has a similar plot in that something is happening and we don't know what it is. Possibly a tidal wave on the West Coast, a power outage in Chicago, and mention of all the satellites being offline. Mm. There was even one character in the movie that was suggesting that all of this was being caused by someone else, though not pointing to any particular persons, countries, etc. Leave the World Behind went further in this regard to explain what was happening. This movie also does have ham radio mention, though no gear shown other than a Halicrafter's S38 receiver. Oh. The mention stated something to the effect that only ham radio or shortwave could be used for communications. See, that was that was something I think they purposely left out of Leave the World Behind is use of radio. But the like, thing is two that... Like two-way, not, not broadcast, right? The the use of radio would have solved so much of their problems. Correct. Though. Yes, that's 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 why I think it was left out because their movie would be. I mean, one of the reasons that leave the world behind is so poignant for hams is that it ends right on when they, ham radio. Right when they get to the point where they well, again, this is also spoilery. Um, the ham shack is towards the end of the movie. Yes, and. It's also at the culmination of the point where they're the things that they were searching for, they now kind of have the tools they need. I'll right. leave it that way, right? Right. 
everyone pretty much except for maybe the boy the son um they're all hypothetically going to be in a better situation than they were yes which movie tropes are usually three parts right mm -hmm. it's like there's a story built there's the catastrophe and then there's the crescendo slash happy ending you don't know if there's a happy ending here yeah it's all build 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 and then see you never yeah that's true yeah, it's, I mean, it's it does not follow the three-act play, if you will, of a movie. I, I bet in this disaster in uh, other parts of the country, ham radio operators were smooth sailing. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what's going on, Bob, but yeah, this is what. Uh, this is what we know. If that's what you know, then uh, we're just going to keep on keeping on. We're just going to take notes of everything that we know. And we're yeah. just going to keep building on that. But I'll tell you what, my gout is flaring up. <laughs> but, like, wouldn't that be, you'd have a zero noise floor, theoretically, oh, right? Across the entire country. I'd be insane. And then you would be the only one who had access to on-the-ground information from every part of the country. I mean, we're not even talking every part of the country. We'd be worldwide. Sure. No sure. problem. Assuming we could power it all. But I, I mean, mean, ham radio so. operators would be the people who would be able to get in contact with people from other countries to get aid dropped. That's literally the plot or, or one scene in The Last of Us. Remember yeah. that? You, did yeah. you see that? Where no. they had the line no. out the door? No, I didn't watch that with you. I, I fell asleep in a lot of it. You remember, you we would turn it on with the goal of all watching it, and then I would be like, "Okay, okay," and then I would I might be passed out. Watch that. Yeah, we should watch it all over again. Yeah, especially that one episode. <laughs> that one episode is, is very good. <laughs> all right, that's my two cents. Thanks for being out there and doing what you're doing. By the way, this is Randy. Yes, Randy. I <laughs> Randy exclamation mark. I left a review a couple of weeks ago, and I'm unsure how the exclamation mark made it to the end of my name on Apple Podcasts. I love it. But it is what it is. It is indeed that Randy. <laughs> Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> 73 Randy AC4FD. Thank you. Now, exactly as I expected, I pulled up a quick list of the top 50 disaster movies as ranked by Rotten Tomatoes. So they're, they're basing it on how good the tomato score was. Sure. Could you guess? Now, this is a disaster movie, so it doesn't, it's not necessarily end of the world as we know it. Do you mm -hmm. know what the number one ranked disaster movie Sharknado. is? Sharknado. It's on the list. Mm -hmm. It's in the top 50, but no. Number one is Titanic. Oh. It's a disaster movie. So you got to, okay, now frame this. Now, second, which I have not seen, Contagion. I think I've seen Contagion. It's supposed to be the, the critic consensus. Tense. Tightly plotted and bolstered by a stellar cast, Contagion is oh, I guess Ebola must be on that smart list. and scary disaster movie. The third movie, disa pure disaster, Deepwater Horizon, which is a very good movie. We're then, just gonna have to watch our way through this. Here are three movies I've never seen: The Wave. Should this be a 2024 goal where we do a bracket system for disaster movies? We might have to. The Wikipedia article for disaster movies is intense because they even have like a whole subsection for airplane movies. Wow. Snakes on a Plane is on that list. That's a disaster movie, of course. Then I've never seen The Impossible. I've never seen The Black Sea. But in the seven spot, which is a good movie, I might put this. <gasps> HRCC Movie Club. 
every week we watch a movie and then we rank it after could, could, after the podcast. That. Yeah, we could do that. And then people can actually just vote. Now, I like I like this idea. I'm not I'm not sidestepping that, but number 7, this is a movie I would recommend people watch is Greenland. Oh. Greenland is good. Gerard Butler is in it. It's it's good. Now, this is Greenland is the epitome of the end of the world movie with all the tropey bits that mm. Leave the World Behind does not have. Mm, and see. then in the number nine position, Sharknado. Number nine? Number nine, which I is just crazy to me. So take that with a, a bit of salt. Again, that's it's based off of the rankings from uh from from Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, uh, yeah. Deep impact, you know, volcano, big one, San Andreas with the rock. I haven't seen that. And I usually watch the rock movies. 2012 is also not bad. Deepwater Horizon, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at another list. So I'm going to put Contagion on there. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what's his name? So Matt, okay, Contagion. I might have seen this, actually, now that I think about it. Stars Matt Damon, Kate Winslet, Lawrence Fishburne. Wow. And the guy from Breaking Bad. I can't remember his name. Um, Jesse Eisenberg? No, the... No, that's not his last name, is it? No. Heisenberg was the name of the character. Yeah. Uh, I forget his name now. Is it the younger guy or the older guy? The older guy. The dad from Malcolm in the Middle. You mean Hal from Malcolm? The dad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Anyway, that's where we're going to leave things, I think. Okay. Anyway, we'll, we'll pick up again where we left off next year. Thank you, everybody, throughout the entire year all the feedback, all the reviews, all the voicemails, all the packages, and all the emails, tons of emails this year. Just uh, absolutely amazing. So we'll be back again. We appreciate you. And the fact you listen means a lot to us. 73. 73. This is the Train to Busan music. Good night.